not in it. And actually, this dude and this thing, he came to it after tons of dissertation. He came to the same point: is it's just a recognition of what you're not is what you are. Yeah, so, so that to me is the backdoor way in a way. So you see, whatever you can see cannot be you. Yes, whatever can be seen cannot be you. Yes. Whatever can be seen cannot perceive. And no matter what, you may not be able to think you're seeing you, but a lot of people are seeing you. So this is being seen, that that not, cannot perceive. So what is the perception? What is the awareness? It's a no-thingness. Yeah. So we've been talking about it the last week, and I like it it works this way, about the three like levels of fear. Did you hear this, Alan? No, no, all right. Because when I look at addiction, because that's the, the group I'm from, when I look at addiction, what was the imperative? The imperative to me was to get out of here. I didn't want to be here. I wanted to escape. Yeah. And so, but the trippy thing is, that here, was it really here? Yeah. So in a way, you could say, the here of all here is unmanifest. Yeah. The always, you know, not at all time, all time, never anywhere, everywhere, you know, whatever you want to call it, that medium, the context, yeah, I would say is the unmanifest here. And then there's the manifest here, which is what's happening now. Yeah. We're, we're constantly in flux. We're a verb. The body is a verb. Everything's verbing. Yeah? So everything's manifesting. And so there's a manifest here. And let's just break it down to a simple interpretation. Me, subject, object. Yes, I'm having an experience of this day and whatever. All that. The manifest here. But then there's the mental realm. The mental here. So the mind interprets the manifest here yeah, to imply something which is being a someone that's having life happen to. Yeah. And that someone is, when that's entertained, a whole mental realm opens up. And to me, that's the, that's the here I wanted to get out of. I wanted to get out of the mental here. Because the mental here isn't what's happening now. It's about what could have happened or did happen and what may happen. It's all, it's all riffing by a mind, yeah? It's like giving John Coltrane, you know, hey, John, I want you to play, here's the theme for the night, separation. So, he could just riff on separation, and then, voila, here's the feeling of it. <laughs> so, here's the mind, and it's presenting a here, but it's like an interpretive here, it's a mental here. And my whole drive, since I was young, when something's happened here, the manifest here, which is my, let's say, my father and my grandmother died when I was nine, I went up into the mental here, and I wanted to get out of the mental here, but I took it to be here. Yeah? So I was busily trying to escape what cannot be escaped from because it doesn't exist. But what happens is, if I'm seeking escape from here, it manifests effects in the manifest here. So the funny thing was, in my life, when I was trying to get out of here, I was being imprisoned here. <laughs> I was being thrown in jail here. I was spending two years in a drug and alcohol program here. I was constantly under adult supervision here, in the manifest here, by my wanting to get out of the mental here. Not knowing that the solutions in the mental here was right where I was trying to get out of, which was here. It's incredible. It's incredible if you go on for so seemingly so long in time. 
and I was hell-bent on getting out of here, which just imprisoned me in this manifest here. Yeah? Oh, it's trippy. So, so here I am. The solution to my seeming sickness is just being here, but that's the last place I want to be, because the here that I'm in isn't seen to be this here. It's bookended by past and future. And the past and future is like a giant weather front sitting on the mental here. Yeah? And that's what's always prophesizing storm and not getting what I want and losing what I have. And all that stuff is being prophesized in this little mental weather front, pissing on the mental here, which causes a reaction in the only place manifestation can occur, which is the manifest here. So when something's entertained in the mental realm, it may find manifestation in the manifest here. Yeah. So my wanting to escape from here got, got the exact opposite effect and got imprisoned in the manifest self. So my becoming a junkie, which was my idea of being escaped, imprisoned me to an addiction to drugs and alcohol. Should be good. So the original disease is my addiction with the idea of being a self. And that disease, dis-ease, produces a need to get relief, which causes all the other addictions to appear in my life. And then I try to deal with those addictions as if they're a cause, but like in recovery, I found out very quickly, in the program of AA, it says the first step, it's right up there, we admitted we were powerless over alcohol, that our lives have become unmanageable. So hearing that in this little configured state, I thought... The unmanageability was caused by my drinking and doing drugs. Yeah? So I thought when I stopped drinking and doing drugs, everything would become manageable, which wasn't the case. It was the real unmanageability started going off. Yeah? Because it's clear, it says in a clearer way down the road of the book that we have to be convinced of three pertinent ideas. And the first one is that we're alcoholics and we could not manage our own lives. Now, that's a totally different statement than what I read in that first step. Yeah? The fact is that I am, my, act, my active addiction is managing. Yeah? My active addiction in the manifest here is relying on self, which is an unreliable system. So I am taking this way of thinking and this way of knowing as knowledge. Yeah? But it isn't knowledge, it's self-knowledge, which avails us nothing. It doesn't lead to a freedom from self, it just increases the sense of self. You become no, more knowledgeable about holes, but you're still falling in holes. It doesn't produce a, a, an immunity to falling into holes, you just know about them more. <laughs> you know? So you can go and tell someone why you're fucked for hours, but you're still fucked, seemingly. Yeah, what's the point? To know that I'm screwed, and yeah, I'm still getting screwed. <laughs> so, the true to me, the real addiction is the mind's addiction to selfing. Yeah? It's because of its addiction to selfing that the sense of being a self seems strong. That's the only thing. The selfing cannot produce... The selfing is like a really lousy skit, a really lousy show, like Two and a Half Men or something. One of these shows that sucks, and yet people are like addicted to watching it to see how that it may get better or something, you know? It's sort of like that. What gives it its meaning is the audience. It's not really that good. So selfing has no power to produce what it constantly is implying. It cannot produce a self. It can only imply 
Yes, a self, which then the sense of onness is, is called. Yeah? So the sense of onness gives the mind the ability to interpret what that onness means, which is, oh, this onness implies me. Me as this. Me as all of this. Yes? Me of the mental realm. So while the manifest here is happening, yeah, part of there's a very small increment called an interpretation of the manifest here by selfing, but that gets totally amplified. So the mind totally amplifies the interpretation and limits its contact with what's happening. Yeah? So you become actually unconscious here for all intents and purposes. So consciousness, by being conscious of all this baloney, you become inherently unconscious to the fact that all there is is that awareness. Yeah? It's incredible. So awareness is used in a way to produce a reality of being unaware. And then when you're unaware, then maybe you want to become aware. So now you're playing the game of I'm more conscious and less conscious. But the whole point is, all there is is awareness in a sense. Yeah. So to sort of amplify it and mute it is just a play of mind. Yeah. The point is, what's causing that play to continue is the identification as a self or as a thing. Yeah? This is the anchor where the sense of onness can be claimed to be this. Yeah? And now I take the onness, but then I misconstrue physical feelings implying me. Yeah? And then thoughts as mine implying I'm the thinker. Yeah? So the, the movement of living gets claimed and now I'm the one who's alive. And immediately, that's, the, that's like my passport to the mental realm. So now, all I'm living in, in this now, isn't a now, in a sense. It's a there and then. Yeah. It's the demonstration of the mind's gymnastics, about worrying about tomorrow and then coming back from some past history it's made up. Yeah? And just going off like a three-lean circus in this really beautiful, empty space called now. Yeah. Which gets time is pause. It's a sense of pause. Every moment is the sense of pause, isn't it? Like my friend says, if I ask anyone who, what time is it, they can't say. Because you have no idea what time is it now. Because it's always now. Yeah. I had a watch once where I had it, it just said now. So every time you looked at it, now. So you'd be like four hours in now. Now, now. <laughs> you didn't need a battery or anything. Now. <laughs> what time is it now? <laughs> when am I going to meet you now? When did that happen to you now? <laughs> so in the mental realm, obviously, time is a main, main, major ingredient. Yeah, and time isn't some object that exists outside of us. It's part of the stream of mind of self. How could you be someone unless you were appearing in time? Because all your being someone is validated by you believing you're the doer, and it takes time to do something. It's the only way a doing could ever occur, is in time, yeah? That's why the solution, which is timeless, can't be approached by doing. Because there's no approach to it. Because it's not of time, yeah? And it's not located somewhere that it would take time to get to. It's a timeless solution. So, to approach it in time, all the approaching of it in time can do is exhaust your mind to give up that mental realm 
which is to me just seeing I'm not that, the idea of being a self, and then that pause becomes more dominant than the partitioning of it into time. You just sense the pause, or you sense the now at every moment in time. Yeah? And it's not you sensing the now, it's just sensing of the now. You sensing of the now is of time. You're the subject then, and you're now sensing the now as if it's an object. There's just sensing of now. So life is happening, not to you. Life is happening, and then that big U-turn is to you. Yeah. A, a huge U-turn. <laughs> you! You! And then, of course, as soon as it's claimed, it's brought up into the mental realm, and now you're living in interpretation. So when someone says, how are you today? A story's made up. Well, I was really good earlier, and then I got funky, and I'm not feeling great right now. Uh, yeah, it's just a fucking story, isn't it? I mean, people, when I go on trips now, I come back, and no one even asks me how it was, because <laughs> I have no idea. It's over. <laughs> Let me see how it was. <laughs> well, the underlying sense with now... <laughs> and then there was thousands of little things that appeared and disappeared, but the underlying, overriding, always contextual sense was now, and now is now, and I'd rather just spend time now than telling about a story of there and then. Yeah. It cuts out my social contact. <laughs> not having a long phone conversation. I'm not. <laughs> Let's go over the day. <laughs> so this whole point of this invitation is just the question who thinks or what thinks is having a life and then maybe you'll be afraid of losing it but you you actually have it by giving it away in a sense so you don't lose a life the life you've already lost by interpreting it in a sense once it's claimed as yours You've lost its own nature, which is life. It's now your nature, your life, which is an interpretation, yeah? You've given it a flavor of your nature. Mental, yeah? But when you just leave it as life, then it reveals itself. That's the beauty, like in Zen, that highest form of mind is I don't know. Yeah? So in that state of I don't know, you're thrust into a position of finding out here in manifestation. Because everything's manifesting. Everything is verbing, yeah? So you can't know anything. Because nothing stops to be known. Yeah? To think like you could sort of neuter a piece of the verb and put it on the glass and think you know it. Yeah? Like this guy was talking about enlightenment on this tape. It was pretty good because he says, and there's no, there's no word enlightenment in any scriptures, like Buddhist or Hindu scriptures. That came from the 17th century in the Western culture of like the, the enlightenment. Yeah? This whole idea, there's no idea of enlightenment. It's, it's just all fucking made up, and yet, it's just like the living awakeness, the always soness, the fact that's indisputable by the onness that's representing you. Yeah? I would say the onness that presents you, the representing is by the mind. Yeah? The mind represents that presence and makes it a story past and future and predominant themes. Yeah. Look at your thought system. When is, every thought has an ingredient of time. In it. Yeah. And when the thought system, how does the thought system present us? It presents us as a body, doesn't it? So if you're listening to K. Mary or K. Paul all day, 
your attention and interest is sort of wedded to that station, what's going to come over you sooner or later, probably very soon, is the sense of being a body, because the thought system presents us as a body. You can't think about this. When you think about it, when the mind thinks about you in the past, how does it think about you as a body? Doesn't it? When you're worrying about you, what's going to happen to you in the future, maybe next week, what does that you represent in the thought system? A body. Your thought system, not your, the thought system presents you as a body. And if you're having 3,000 thoughts a day, some people say there's 70,000 thoughts a day, others have different takes, but let's say 3,000 thoughts, it's sort of like, and it was almost like a subliminal record you'd be listening to all day, you know, like listening to like ACDC and it's Satanist, I mean, he's playing the other way. I, me, my, I, me, my, I, me, my, all day. I mean, it would probably be pretty easy for the mind to jump into that groove and get into that same old, same old. 3,000 thoughts held as yours, and the, and the you that is the thinker of the thought is a body. Yeah. 3,000 every day. It's sort of like a tattoo every day. It's not an ink tattoo. It's henna. But if it's applied constantly, it will seem like it's ink. Yeah. That's what selfing is. It's a very incessant verb because there is no noun. It can't make up a noun, so it implies it by a lot of verbing. So all the thoughts are about me or about you in relationship to me or a world in relationship to me. And this this point I'm looking at gives everything all the meaning it has. And then the, and then all those meanings come back to me as if they're solid and real outside of me. That thing's fucking with me, or that's doing this. But you never see your role in it all. Like the projection comes before the perception. You know? The mind projects, and then it's perceived as if it's solid and real outside of itself. It's a little parlor trick. You know? But it's projection of mind. Mind is dreaming, and then from, from the dreamt object position, it looks like the dream's happening to me. You know? But the mind's actually dreaming. Yeah. <laughs> like Ramana Maharshi said once, he says, all right, a lot of people get this. They're in a movie, and they see life as unreal. Yeah? So they're watching the life going by on the screen. And they have a real sense that's unreal, you know, a real clear sense. But they're taking themselves to be real watching the movie. Yeah? He says it's bigger than that. The feeling of being you, realizing something's unreal, is also the movie. <laughs> that, in a sense, the sense of being you never escapes the circle yeah, of the dream. It can never dream itself out of the dream. Self can't get out of self. Yeah? A product of a mental process cannot escape the process that made it. It's just impossible. Yeah? So selfing only appears in this sort of addition. Yeah? Addition number seven on earth or whatever. In this addition, self is appearing. Self can't transcend what it's appearing in because it's not real what it's appearing in. Yeah? It's appearing in a mental realm that's sort of placed upon the manifest realm. Yeah. So the mental realm, it's all about you. The manifest realm, it's really not about you at all, if you look at it. Yeah. A day doesn't give a shit about you, does it? Not too much. When animals see me, they're not saying, oh, hey, Paul. You know, the trees aren't recognizing me as an individual Paul with the whole story, are they? Probably not. Yeah. But to me, everything's looked at from self-centeredness, so I think it's all about me. Are you that me that it's all about? 
that's all about, then it's going to be all about something, but maybe that something will be nothing. So all it'll, be, it'll be all about nothing, and a little bit of that flavor into your relationship position with things is a really nice little spice, you know? nice little leavening. It allows you to travel lighter here. I mean, why, how could light not allow you to travel later? An introduction or an insertion of light, how is, that gonna, how is that not going to be able to allow you to travel later here? What's the heaviest thing? How could, this, this is heavy, you know, to be identified as this, is quite a heavy situation.
If I'm not that, and so, like, if someone's in the other room here, I use this a lot, and I'm interested in them biblically, like I'd like to have sex with them, that's it. But I'm afraid of being rejected, so I don't really ask them out. But I'm listening, I'm hoping they're in the other room, I know, I'm hoping they're going to say something about me so I can get an idea if they like me or not. Of course, they could be talking about millions of other people, but self-centeredness thinks they're definitely going to be talking about me. So I'm sitting here, and I'm supposed to be doing this talk, but my attention is in the other room. And so someone says, hey, Paul, you're supposed to be here. I go, I agree with them, but I can't. I'm, my attention's there. So then someone throws a book and says, how to lose attention or lose interest in a conversation in another room. I page through it, and it doesn't make much of an impact. My interest attention. Then the lady finally says something, I'm really involved. And she starts talking about Matt, and my name is Paul. What happens? My interest and attention immediately gets dismissed from that conversation, doesn't it? I don't have to take a workshop. I don't have to read any books. As soon as it's not about me, I lose interest in it. That's exactly what it's like with the selfie. If you get entertained that you're not the thinker or whatever you want to say, you're not that, which is being implied by all that activity, your interest and attention leaves it. Now, interest it may, and it doesn't have to go to anything again. It can just say in no thingness. Yeah? So now your interest and attention, instead of being totally magnified on a thing, you, gets released from being so consumed with you, and of course it opens up. Yeah? It has plenty of interest and attention to, to pay all the things during a day, but now it's starting to sense the no thingness. Yeah? That's what it's like. So the camera goes, the emphasis shifts from thing, you being the thinker, you being the feeler, your body, your time, your this, your girlfriend, yeah, 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 all that, yes. And it opens up, and now the emphasis is more on the space. So while life is happening, there's plenty enough interest to deal with what's happening on a a day on on life's terms, life on life's terms. Plenty of interest and attention. But the context that was going unnoticed when there was all this obsession is now being honored in a sense. It's being entertained. So now you're living, like Jesus used to say, supposedly anyway, uh, what is it? You're not, you're you're something in the world, but you're not of it. So you're living seemingly in the world, but you're not of the world. That would be the sense in a way. You're living in the world, things and this and that, but the senses of not of the world. Yeah? The no-thingness. But I believe the lever is the idea of being a self, because if, if there's an identification of self and you start entertaining nothing, your mind will make it something. It'll make it a concept, it'll make it an idea, and it'll probably cast it into a progressive process, path, achievement, goal-oriented event. Yes? Because it has to have time in it. So this thing is that you can neuter that activity of claiming, like, I'm not that, and then the emphasis shifts, yes? It opens up from thingness into no-thingness. And of course, it demonstrates in where, the manifest here. And it doesn't need to demonstrate in the unmanifest here, I mean in the mental here, because it's the antidote to the mental here. Because now you have a sense of what's happening, and you can tell what's not happening. All that confusion about, see, if you're up in up the ass of self, yeah, in the realm of what's not happening, there's no way you can tell the difference between what's happening and what's not happening. 
to us and up here, what's not happening is what's happening. Yeah? I'm worried about next week, now. And so, the worrying about next week is happening. It's overriding what's happening. Yeah? But all of that activity is actually based on what's not happening next week. Yeah? So, uh, it's just a much clearer night when, you, when you're present or seemingly aware here. It gives you the antidote or the immunity of what's not happening because you see it as not happening. So all of its effects are brought to you by you believing that it's happening. Those effects... See, that's the weird thing. When you're up in that head into the mental here, you're fighting all, all this fear and worry and anxiety and regret and resentment about what's not happening, but those that fight, the skirmish appears in the manifest here. This produces effects here. Yeah, like I was saying, I was trying to get out of here at all costs, and I was being imprisoned in the manifest here every freaking week. <laughs> and so, if you looked at the manifest, my wanting to get out brought me in. Yeah. So my incessant need to get out brought me constantly into institutions and jails and stuff like that. <laughs> you can't escape the dualistic construct. So, when I'm thinking of getting out, I'm getting in, in a lot of ways. Yeah? So, getting out of self is actually being in self. <laughs> that was a... That fucking bit me on the ass. I spent a lot of time trying to get out of self. And not just through drugs, through spiritual practices and everything like that. And in fact, all it was was the activity of being in self. <laughs> So I had this court date, 
I was scared I'd be in, go to jail if I went. So I asked my Greek oracle up here. I relied on this system called Selfing, which is totally unreliable. I said, oh, great one. I dismiss all your failures in the past. Tell me what to do now. And it said, don't go to court. Oh, I had instantaneous relief come over me. That fear of next Tuesday was taken away like that. I just won't go to court. So Tuesday rolled by, and it was still the solution was still working. I was drinking at home, and I was, I was all those fucking jamokes, I was sweating it out in the courtroom. I'm sitting here. Oh, yes, another one of my great ideas. Then two days later, I'm driving my girlfriend's car, <laughs> and uh, the police pull me over. And uh, they asked the guy comes up to my car, the car, and says, "Can I see your registration license?" And I had one at the time, which was unusual. I handed him the registration license. And it always flips me on how long they stay in the vehicle. They go in there for like 20 minutes or something. I don't know what they're looking at. I mean, I can't have that long of a history. So then they come back and knock on the window. And then when they ask you this, when they say this, you know you're going away. They say, Mr. Hedman, will you please step out of the car? <laughs> so now I throw a little tantrum. Because I don't feel like I deserve it. It says it beautifully in that book. You'll make decisions based on self that will set up trains of circumstances that will bring you misfortune that you feel you don't deserve. I thought I didn't deserve this. I wasn't doing drugs, I hadn't done anything, but I had a broken taillight on the car. So I said, why are you arresting me? He says, well, there's a bench warrant out for your arrest. I said, what's a bench warrant? I had no idea. Oh, it's issued when you miss a court date. <laughs> so this is what my... The mind that was never getting life with me, what it did with a fear of going to jail, which the court they inferred, yeah? What it produced was, I'm in jail and I have two court dates now, yeah? So I had no jail and no court. I had one court date and no jail. Now I follow this mind, I'm in jail and I have two court dates. This was just one moment in one day of many, many days. In many, this is called living on the bottom. <laughs> in recovery. I mean, how are you going to get out of that system with that system? I don't care if the self is presented in spiritual garb or in junkie garb. It's still unreliable. Yes? It's taking its cues from the mental realm, yeah, which blinds it to the manifest realm, and it has no idea, no idea of the unmanifest. None whatsoever. And the unmanifest, if you turn it around, you would think the unmanifest has the most influence. The, the manifest is its form of expression, and in the mental realm is just a small activity in the form of expression. But flipping it over, the mental realm becomes dominant. The manifest realm becomes manifesting it. And seeing the expression of the non-manifest is very rarely entertained at all. What makes it this way, in a sense, I believe, is the identification as a self. That's what puts the mental realm on top of the others, in a way. And there's no others, obviously. It's just a picture. But to have it, if I'm not that, if I'm not that idea of self, it gets more appropriate, yes? Now, I see the manifest realm as my antidote to what's not happening. Because it's actually happening, yeah? I don't have to study esoteric scriptures to see this wall and these paintings on it. Yeah? I don't have to read a giant dissertation to feel the, the temperature of the body. Yeah? It's just obvious. 
And so when that obviousness becomes obvious, it's an antidote to what's not happening. Because what's not happening is not happening. It's not. It's being thought about. <laughs> and therefore, this, the manifest, becomes like the access point to the unmanifest. Because the unmanifest is the context of all the content. Yeah? So, being here, which was the last place I wanted to be in the mental realm, is the access point to the awareness of what's not here, in a sense. Not in what's not happening, what's always happening, but it's no thingness. Yeah. So, So now the manifest gets brighter, entertaining the non-manifest. The manifest gets darker when entertaining the mental realm. It gets incredibly heavy and bleak in some ways, and there's no bleakness or heaviness to be found. It's just made up, yes, a lot of the time. But if this goes like this, then the unmanifest lightens the manifest. You You travel lighter through the manifest. The mental realm causes a traveling heavy through the manifest. Like Jesus says, you can't serve two masses at the same time. So, if the mental if the mental realm is being served, all the faith that is a potential of mind produces anxiety. If the unmanifest here is entertained, yes, that faith in that produces an ease and comfort down. There's a dualistic traveling here. It's either heavy or light, and then there's thousands of degrees. But what, what, what best uh, producer of light than light itself? Yeah. Not a sort of a contraption of how to deal with what's undealable, the mental realm, and learning how to, you know, therapize it like that, but just light, bring, allowing light to become more obvious or evident in the manifest. Instead of trying to get artificial light in that dark realm of mind and trying to know why you're fucked, but you're still fucked. Who wants to know? Uh, you know, it's like living in a dark room. If we were in here and the lights were off and it was nighttime, we'd have a lot of problems. You couldn't find the bathroom, yeah, because you haven't been here before. I'd run into a chair. Or I'd step on someone's toes, and all this stuff would ensue from the darkness. What we do is we just hunker down in it. We just get knee pads. So when I hit a thing, it won't hurt so much. People start becoming like entrepreneurs. They sell maps to the bathroom. I was here once when I saw it. If you make a left there and a right there, and you'll be there. But plan ahead. It may take about two hours. You know, all this. And then we, okay, sure. Instead of just turning on the switch. As soon as there's light, where are the problems? The problems are a distortion, a perceptual distortion based on a seeming reality of darkness. That's all it is, in a sense. Yeah? You are the light. But not as a self. As a self, you'll be light if you do something light, and then you'll be heavy if you stop doing that light thing. And then that's not light. Light is uninterrupted, undisturbed. It's not circumstantial or conditional. If you pull a shade and no light comes in there, is there no light? No. If you pull the shade up, does the light take any time to get into the room? How real is the darkness? It's imaginary, isn't it? But up here, the darkness becomes the form of light. We live in a dark way of thinking, I know. And 
and wanting to be right about it. There's no finding out in the mental realm. All it's all about I already know already. I know, 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 I know. On the manifest realm, like bolstered by the unmanifest, it's finding out. That's that's like living. It's sort of like when you were a kid. You you open the finding out, yeah? You run around, turn a corner and oh wow. You'd always be like open and alert to what was happening. Now I know
And I would say you're the animation that's expressing through things, but not a thing. And when you stop as a self, something will continue. I would say we're that which continues when we stop, yeah? Which is the whole little time thing, the whole little sand thing. So the mental realm gets to be just one of many events in the manifest here instead of all there is, yeah? And then no thingness becomes so dominant in its influence you see it, you see life as a form of expression, not as a drive or a purpose. Yeah. No, there'll be drives and purposes, but they're just forms of expression. There's nowhere to get to and no, nothing to get in a way. And yet there'll be tons of moving towards and getting. Let's just look at the body in a sense. Now, 